Right now, Kelly Garrett is dealing with one of those springs that got started off and it was fantastic. Man, it looked like things were going to be great. And then it does what a lot of times it does, especially in maybe our part of the Midwest. It turned cold and gray and wet. And so he's about one-fourth planted, but he's not concerned because he has decided the biggest thing he can do is prevent stress for his plants. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where we cut your learning curve with insights you can apply immediately to your farming operation. This episode is presented by Loveland Products. When it comes to crop inputs, you need products that are field proven to deliver both results and value. For more than 50 years, Loveland Products has been providing farmers with high-performance, value-driven product solutions designed to maximize productivity on every acre. Visit lovelandproducts.com to see how their innovative products can help you farm more profitably. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, hey there. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. We are talking today about preventing stress before it occurs. All right, let's face it. Every year is different. Every day, sometimes in your farming seems like it can be different. And sometimes you don't have optimal conditions, but if you do the right things, you avoid stress-induced yield. So that was a big objective for yours in 2022. You learned from it. The stress mitigation practices continue to evolve. Talk to me, Kelly. Well, the number one stress mitigating factor, the fourth of the crop that we have planted when in the soil that was between 50 and 62 degree soil temp. That's the easiest way to make your corn yield better, your beans yield better is to plant them into a warm soil. The other things that we do that is, are, I think are really important at this time, you know, we've got products like Accomplish Max or Octane and Furl with the stress mitigating properties they have. Uh, the ingredients of those two products are derived from seaweed. Uh, great, you know, seaweed naturally has great stress mitigating factors. It lives in a very wet, cold environment when the tide comes in, salty environment, very hot and dry environment when it goes out. And, you know, Loveland, for one, you know, for example, Loveland has been able to uh, extract those properties, put them into Accomplished Max, and we've seen great yield gains in that over the years. We, we did a past recording where we talked to, I think it was Steve Sexton, uh, mm -hmm. about this very thing. And I'm like, let's face it, this is pretty out there stuff. Uh, I mean... In the last couple of years, we started hearing about kelp and seaweed. I'm like, man, this is getting a little out there. I mean, this is like in the old days when they talk about putting eggs in your, in your, you know, your your shampoo and stuff like this, which clearly, you know, you're a big connoisseur of shampoo, Kelly. But the uh, <laughs> the thing is, when you think about it, it's like, okay, somehow this this seaweed can live getting tossed around in a salty environment, uh, <laughs> surviving oil spills and uh, temperature. So that was the idea was that we're extracting those properties. So one of those in particular seems like wet and cold would be where those kind of products actually help. And, and let's face it, a lot of people do put seed in the ground and then it turns wet and cold. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. just, it's, it's because you want to get out there, you know, that early planting can fetch you yield, but not if all of a sudden then it doesn't germinate because it lays around, whatever. So You've got stuff out there and you're confident, probably more than you were even just five years ago, that cold, wet soil is not going to cause you a germination uh, reduction. Yeah. So when Steve first came to me with the idea for that trial of Accomplished Max, uh, I believe it was in 21, fairly certain there. We It was very hot and dry uh, in that summer. Uh, Steve came, Dr. Brian Cornelius came, Will was here, and we walked out across that field to do a, uh, to do a video. And the corn was almost knee high 
and it was it was rolled up and we uh i thought that what this is going to be snake oil you know and we walked out across there got to the applied area we had two different applied areas we get out there the corners unrolled and i thought to myself holy cow if the rest of the field is is rolled up looks like pineapple and and here this corn looks great and it, it went on to have a 10 bushel yield gain in the high yield area 28 bushel yield gain in the low yield area and that trial is really what started me on this stress mitigation journey that i've been on and it's evolved and expanded now to great lengths so as i have told and if you if you're a listener uh, i apologize if you've heard this before but it's so interesting to me it was october of 2021 i was sitting in the office right there where kelly is and i said what's the big objective for you for 2022 and he said for crop season 2022 damien i'm going to make it all about stress mitigation believe that we have ample nutrition i believe we have ample fertility i believe the seed is good enough i certainly think that we know what we're doing when it comes to our equipment i think that we're we're, we're not doing a good enough job of preventing our plants from going through a stress factor and so that was one of your big things that was yep. that's post planting that's that's obviously when the stuff is already i mean you're talking july august whatever but talk about what you did this year so this the one quarter of the stuff that's in the ground you put it in soil that's the right temperature it's not going to get colder i mean the, the air temperature is cold but by the time you're hitting may 1st you're not going to lose a lot of soil temperature now because length of day no. et cetera, right right exactly the soil temperature is going to vary some you know when we were planting before, I think it topped out at 62 degrees and it dropped down now to 42, 44 degrees, something like that. It was advertised to be more from the Iowa State website, but with our no-till, it probably doesn't get quite as warm as what Iowa State says it is and it doesn't get quite as cold. It doesn't move that much because of the cover. And so it dropped down to 42 or 43 degrees, we believe, but we're it germinated in warm soil. So we are happy and we're quite comfortable, especially with the products we have in furrow. Okay, so the, there's at time of planting for corn, you put two stress mitigation products in furrow, right? Yes, actually on the corn, with corn, we have accomplished max in furrow and with yeah. soybeans, we have octane in furrow. Okay, so one one stress mitigate it per, per crop at time of planting in furrow. Yes. Okay, then the, then the, then, Okay, so hopefully correct soil temperature is one stress mitigation thing. It's not a product. There is a product component to it. You just talked about the two products you use. What's yep. the next thing after that? What do you do for what do you do to prevent stress after that? I very much believe that a PGR unfurl, a product like Mega Grow or Radiate, we we put those, one of those is on every acre of our farm, corn and soybeans. It helps develop root growth. And I I think that's a no-brainer. Uh that that's the next thing is to have that PGR there. And a lot of people would say, how does a plant growth regulator reduce stress? And you're going to say it reduces stress because it. It makes the plant grow more efficiently. It's going to make a bigger, more robust root system. It's going to make the root system more. Uh, it's going to make the root system bigger, better, do a better job. And it's going to increase the efficiency of the plant and any system that we're talking about, whether we're talking about a factory, we're talking about an engine uh, or we're talking about a plant. If you make a system more efficient, you take yep. the stress off of it. Interesting. You said root development. Well, a plant growth regulator gives you greater root development. Then we always used to think that you got root development if your soil was uncompacted yep. um, and uh, 
I'm trying to think of the other things that we tried to say enhanced root development. Um, uncompacted soil was one of the big ones. And what's another one? I, I just, I don't know, because nobody ever certainly before I came into extreme ag ever told me, oh, plant growth regulators enhance root development. Well, you know, uh, all of the other things we used to do mechanically from proper seed depth and proper seed placement and uncompacted soil and not planting when it's too wet to have that ribbon effect. All those things contribute to root development, but the PGR is the next step in that evolution. Now, now we're using some tech, using some technology to help even more. Okay, so over soybeans, how do you get a plant growth regulator on soybeans? Uh, you go we put it. Top? It's in. We uh, so every acre, it'll be in furrow at a right. four. Uh, for us, it's at a four ounce rate now. It used to be a two ounce rate. There's new research out of NC State that uh, we've now have doubled that we go to a four ounce rate on that and then That's we'll insane. we'll spray the pgr again at post chem but the first application is in furrow okay and down on soybeans that is a i guess we should just stick with each crop then so let's talk about preventing stress crop stress before it happens so stick with soybeans so they get octane at time of planting in furrow they get a plant growth regular at time of planting in furrow and then yep. what else happens at time of planting for stress mitigation for uh, soybeans Okay, so now, you know, uh, this is where my opinion or my I, idea, my perspective has broadened a little bit. You know, what I've learned, I've learned this from Spray Tech, from Drew Ewing, a disease persists in a plant because of a nutritional imbalance. So when we're trying to make the plant healthier, trying to take the stress off the plant, so we want to we balance the plant just like we want to balance our soil. Agronomy, to me, is chemistry plus biology. And I've got to get the chemistry as perfect as possible. Products. Wait, like wait. Agron agronomy equals what plus biology? Chemistry plus biology. All right. And what we've always thought was chemistry, at least in the modern era, we thought chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. I mean, they're, they're the chemical companies and go and buy it by the by the by the drum and stick it out there. And we've. Well, when I say chem, but when I say chemistry. I don't mean Roundup or Liberty or yeah. something like that. When I say chemistry, I mean like, you know, we took chemistry junior year of high school and I'm talking about the elements. I need, I, this, you know, I know I want my phosphorus to be 10 times my zinc. I know I want my carbon to be seven times my nitrogen. Yeah. That's the chemistry I'm talking about. Okay. All right. So uh, at time of planning, we got, for stress mitigation we've got something we got a we got a product like octane and furrow and we got also a plant growth regulator in furrow then where do you go from there next thing uh you know i i've got calcium in furrow okay. i've got zinc in furrow and though that goes back to your chemistry you think that those yes. two things balance equals stress mitigation balance equals plant health equals nu nutritionally balanced plant and that takes the stress off the plant you know you yourself, you are, you would like to be nutrient as a human, you want to be as nutritionally balanced as possible. Imagine the stress on your body if you're not. Got Imagine it. the stress on your body if you don't get enough protein. Yep. Imagine the stress on Damien's body if he doesn't get enough coors. Terrible there stress. There you go. So we got to have enough stuff. So th then it becomes a matter of you put those things in there that we never even thought about in the old days, right. calcium and zinc and sulfur and all that stuff. And it's not necessarily about deficiency. Sometimes it's about balance. Well, there's stress on the plant because we are deficient of those elements. Yep. And right. so, and calcium is a double positive charged ion. 
And I believe as soon as I put it in the soil, it's going to get tied up. So now I'm going to put calcium in the furrow and it's going to be available for the plant to take up. It's going to get tied up at some point, but it's going to be available for the plant to take up. And then I'm going to spray calcium again in my post chemical pass to apply the calcium I need, supplement the plant to try to nutritionally balance it. I have great calcium numbers in my soil, but because of that double positive charged ion, it doesn't, it's not plant available. Yeah. All right. That's at time of planting. Does anything else happen to reduce stress at time of planting on soybeans? Also, okay. In the two by two, we've got nitrogen, we've got sulfur, and now we've also got Zyway, which is the fungicide we like to use. Uh, the reason I want to use Zyway is because it's, it's in the two by two. The plant takes it up very early in its life. It's a systemic product and it's there throughout the season to protect the plant from diseases rather than spraying the fungicide at BT, which was the traditional practice. Now we've got it in, in that two by two and it's taken up by the plant. It's there all season. Again, we're we protecting just, the plant. Did we just switch over from soybeans to corn? Uh, kind of. Yes, we did. I've okay. tried, well, I was trying I'll to tell you. I was trying to keep you on a soybean. You are, you. Will Will Loy says, dear listener, Will Loy says that he thinks that the entire uh, ensemble of Extreme Ag needs a prescription to Adderall. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they do struggle a little bit with. Uh, and we do. I never, I never thought I'd find a group that had less uh, a focus than me, but by God, I did. All right. So we switched from soybean to corn. Let's go back because I was going to say, wait a minute. On a soybean thing for the season, preventing crop stress before it happens. You've given us everything at end furrow. And then what are we doing? What are we doing after that? You know, so there's going to be an application of micronutrients. Probably there will be there will be some in furrow. And then later on, we're going to do that to try to balance the crop. You know, the uh, there's a lot of nitrogen in my soil. So I'm trying to balance the crop. And what I need to balance is carbon, sulfur, micronutrients. Okay. <clears throat> over the top by the time the soybeans are growing okay they're getting stressed by a certain point with uh moisture you can't do anything about that unless you have irrigation um you do no-till i think a stress mitigating factor is you conserve moisture that's probably something that's important what right. about uh when you're going over those soybeans uh your first pass are you doing anything that reduces stress other than getting rid of weeds herbicide whatever is there anything you're doing then there will be a, a carbon product in that pass. There will probably be a sulfur product in there, that pass. There will be, like we said earlier, a calcium product in that pass. All of those things, again, trying to achieve that nutritional balance. And that's all foliar stuff. Yep. It's all foliar stuff. And and there will be a radiator mega grow will be in that pass as well. And radiator mega grow, the purpose of those is to do what? PGR. Got it. Make that plant more efficient. What's the last thing? Maybe there's stress that, you know, we talk about preventing stress before it happens. There's always that time when stuff starts looking problematic. Let's call it, I don't know, in your part of the world, I'm guessing sometime in August or something like that. And, you know, then you start saying, oh, it could be sudden death syndrome or it could be this or it could be that. Is there a way to just alleviate, alleviate all that preemptively and proactively? Well, that we believe, you know, we, we have... We learned a lot last year. We have some great theories. We want to put them in the practice this year. We had a lot of success last year in some trials. The nutritional balance. A disease persists in a plant because of a nutritional imbalance. Yeah. If, so, so if I can achieve that, that balance. 
is that taking tissue samples from last year and then implementing what we learned from last year to then this year and saying, we now know that we were behind the eight ball on stress last year. So we're going to be proactive this year and do this. Yes, it is. That's part of it. There's a, there's a couple other products that we would apply foliar. Uh, one of them is from integrated ag solutions, shield X, which is a stress mitigating product. The other one would again be from Loveland. It's Terramar, which has, Terramar has some of the same properties in it as Accomplished Max. We have seen nice yield gains, nice plant health from both of these products, and they're purely for stress mitigation. And and that's interesting because in the old days, and I'm not talking that long ago, I'm talking like five, maybe 10 years ago, you put out herbicide and fungicide and fertility. Yep. That's it. Yep. <laughs> now yep. you're using five things, PGRs and stress mitigation products, using as many product using as many products now as we used to and none of them are even repetitive no you're right i mean every time we go across the field there's probably at least a half a dozen things there's eight or nine things that are in furrow mix yeah all right now we're gonna switch over to corn all right, all right. So your corn your corn went in the ground and what things happen for preventing stress before it happens on corn so the in furrow mix of corn and beans is almost identical now there really isn't much fertility you know, the, uh, the, the accomplished max is there, mega grow or radiate is there. The, the, uh, the liberate CA from agro liquid is the calcium source we have. Uh, the zinc product is there. You know, all those things are, are in there. We, um, we put a, we put an insecticide in furrow on corn to protect the roots. We we've gone away from triple stack corn. And we, we will plant a conventional corn or just a double stack corn, depending on the number, even in a corn on corn scenario. And we always apply an insecticide. Dear listener, if you're wanting to dig in a little deeper on that subject, we we talked about it in, in past episodes. Triple stack, quad stack, quad stack corn, it became a really big thing. And the seed companies loved it. And they pushed it. And they charged, what, $70 more a bag, $100 more a bag? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And Kelly's point in a past recording was, and I'm going to revisit this because I think it's important in case you don't remember that episode. He said, I think that the bang for the buck is not there. It was, it, it was 15, 20 years ago, whenever they came out with this, it was like, man, this stuff's amazing. And some of the bang for the buck is just not there. So they've gone back at GLC uh, to a less, a less expensive conventional corn. And then you just make up for it with a little bit, $5 here of, of other treatment, like the insecticide. Yes. I think the insecticide this year we just looked at is like $7.30 an acre. Uh, our trials from 21 showed that a conventional corn or a corn with less traits plus the insecticide was $10 an acre cheaper to put in than the triple stack, than the rootworm corn, but it was 18 bushel better side by side. All right. So uh, you give us that time of planting. Now, there's another thing about stress. We used to think that soybeans always got planted way after corn, and then things started changing. Hell, you went out and planted soybeans like in February or March once, and we've learned that soybeans can handle hanging around in wet, cold soil better than we ever thought, but corn really can't. So are you concerned that your corn is going to get stressed out by being in soil that got cold and stayed wet for a while and, and versus replanting it? Maybe there's a few things you could have done to have given it the boost it needed. 
we believe the corn that we already have planted, I think we've got 1140 or 50 acres planted. We believe that that corn will be fine. You know, if, uh, it did get down to 25 a couple nights uh, after we planted it for, uh, it was a few days later. Uh, if the growing point had been above the ground, yeah, it would have froze off and killed it, but it's still below the ground. It's got the stress mitigation factors. It germinated in warm soil. It's an earlier variety of corn, 105 or 108 day corn. And because of that, because it's 105 or 108 day corn, it's, it, you know, it, the genetics of it or the, the vigor of it, if you will, is more of a northern geography. So we believe it is a, a, a stouter variety. You know, it's got more cold tolerance because of that. Also this year, you know, we've done this a little bit in the past. This year we did it with everything. We sent corn off to Iowa State and we had them cold germant. So your, your seed corn companies are going to advertise 95% germination. And that's true, but they're using warm water to do that. Evans sent off a sample. I think it's a pound of every variety. Iowa State put, takes it to the lab, puts it in the refrigerator for nine or 10 days, and then they germ it. And it came, some of it came back as high as 98%. Some of it came back as low as 63%. How cold? How cold, how cold do they germ it at? I believe yeah. it's like 34, 35 degrees, but I'm not certain of that. I asked really, him, I don't Frankly, really damn cold. Really damn cold. They like get the, it down, like, but they kill it. Like where you don't really want it to be. That's a good point right there. So part of stress mitigation before it happens is making sure you have the the, the right seed for your climate. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I planted corn that that germinated in at 98%. The corn that was lower than that, we haven't planted. Yeah, hold off until and we get some warm. of the corn we sent back. Right, because it wasn't going to work. It was. It's not good enough. Yeah. So the big point there is, you know, there's this, there's that discussion among seed, and we mean this little departure from the departure from the um, stress mitigation. But the point is, there's always this thing that seed companies talk a great length about how different theirs is from the next and the next. And then sometimes you and I call BS on that and like, I don't know if it's all that different, but there really is something about that right there. If you got something that can germinate cold at 98% and another one that germinates at what, 60%? There's a exactly. exactly. Damien, there was even one number of corn. We had three different pro boxes of the corn, three different lot numbers, and it varied from 93, 88, and 81. Same, same hybrid of corn. But yeah, different lot and, well and as expensive as it is if you're getting 81 percent germ versus 93 that's that's a lot of plants exactly this really smart dude that i know from uh at least from iowa told me once that to get a great yield you want six tenths of a pound of corn per stalk that's right so you can't go out there and have only 81 percent germination at 0.6 pounds to get what you want who exactly. was that dude who was that dude He's a good-looking guy, too. All right. Let's talk about what you're doing in mid-season. Things get hot. Things get nasty. Uh, what are you doing to prevent stress on your corn plants when it starts getting hot and nasty? So it'll be, again, it'll be much the same as the soybeans. When we go across with that post-chem pass, probably going to be a carbon product in there, a sulfur product in there, uh, a micro pack in there. Uh, definitely there'll be some calcium in there, you know, the Liberate product we talked about. There's going to be... You know, Mega Grow Radiate will be in there, the PGR. Is this stuff going down at the soil level or going on foliar? It's going on foliar. When we, you know, when we come, yeah. Um, then the Shield X product or the Terramar product. All right. So those go on, all that's foliar. Yes. And then in almost 
everything you just said there, there's a little bit of fertility, but the rest of it really is about stress mitigation. It's about nutritional imbalance. That's the fertility yeah. and then stress mitigation. Well, the carbon, you mean a sugar? No, it'll be a, probably be, it'll be a fulvic or humic acid is what okay. it will be. And uh, we don't see a lot of response from sugar here, like Kevin and Chad and Matt do, but we do with the humic and fulvic acid, we do see a response. You're trying to bring that, trying to have that carbon to nitrogen ratio when they're at that seven to one spot. Yeah. Uh, Chad, Chad loves putting sugar on crops, but you don't do it. He does. You know, I, different soil, different biology is what I su would suppose. Those guys see great things out of sugar. We say great things out of the humic and fulvic, but we just don't see as much out of the sugar, and I'm not sure why. Toward the very end, when a lot of people, uh, you know, think it's time to go to county fair time, time to go to the beach, you know, take some time and, uh, and don't do anything, there's still stress factors out there. What's the last thing you do that you think others could do to send that crop home stress-free? Uh, at VT, when the tassel's coming out, we will decide then, is the Zyway holding or do we need to make another fungicide pass? We may or may not, but we will go back out. We will put out another PGR at that time, and that PGR is energized. PGRs are hormones. You need certain hormones at vegetative. You need certain hormones at reproductive. So energize will go out. Corn and beans both. Energize will go out. There will be another application of either Shieldex or Terramar. And at this time, there will probably, there will be micronutrients. And at this time, there will be a foliar application of potassium. And you're doing this on both crops? Yes. Okay. This will happen at VT and it'll happen again at R5. Okay. And an interesting thing then, you made it a big objective for 2022 to reduce stress. And you probably learned something last year. So this thing we talked about the last pass that to, to prevent stress, is that an amendment from what you had done last year because you learned something, you saw a result or a bump? I mean, in other words, the thing you're going to do last pass this year, does it vary from what 2022 was? It will a little bit. Uh, last year, we had that VT pass kind of dialed in, we thought, okay. And we are finding, especially in soybeans, we're pushing the fertility later and later, like the potassium, the micros, things like that. And now last year, we, we, because of Kevin, we played around with, in both crops with an R5 pass, which is very late. And, and we're going to put, we'll put more fertility on there because we saw great things. Temple, even at R5, puts on the PGRs like Energize. He'll put it on again. And we're going to, that'll be something new this year that we're going to try that. You said because of Kevin, I want to say something else. I think it was with him and you when we did a recording about something separate. Uh, I think it was him that brought it up, but I want you to revisit the same subject. Using plant growth regulators as stress mitigation is something that we never thought about, and now it's become almost standard practice or is standard practice for you. Uh, I believe it was Kevin pointed out, but the kind of plant growth regulator you use, there's some that are good for vegetative stage and some that are good for reproductive stage. That's a big thing, and that's something you probably learned as well. Absolutely. That's very important, right product at the right time. Because some some plant plant growth regulators doesn't mean that they're if they're good even if it's good for soybeans but not in its reproductive phase more in its vegetative phase right you wouldn't want to put mega grow on in a reproductive phase you wouldn't want to put energize on in a vegetative phase you need to know what product to use at right what how time. do I know that other than trial and error 
you need to work with a good retailer that can help educate you. I mean, has it become common knowledge that this is this is a you'll put this on, but only at this time versus that time? Has it become? I mean, you know it because you've got you you're pretty much a pioneer on this whole space. You know, Lee Luber started using plant growth regulators. You guys at Extreme Ag did. If I'm brand new to this, um, besides listening to what you guys have to say. I'm afraid that I might know more than my ag retailer in some cases. Well, really, well, I would, you know, any grower that's going to be progressive enough that wants to get into this space is going to, you know, you shouldn't talk in absolutes, but just about any grower that wants to get into this space and start using plant growth regulators and be progressive, they're probably going to be progressive enough to ask the questions and to learn. Big takeaway that you want to share now about uh, the, again, this is like a journey for you. It was an objective in 2022. Now it's like your your overriding theme, you know, like Edgar Allan Poe, every piece of literature he wrote had an overriding theme of he was a depressed alcoholic and it was kind of very, very sad. And you wanted to kill yourself after you read the book. What's your overriding? Get a little deep there for you. Anyway, what's your what's your what's your overriding theme that you think is it is it stress mitigation? It seems like it is. It's, it's like you're when I think of stress mitigation, I think of you. I never want the crop to have a bad day. I want to break that state record of 442. I believe it's possible theoretically. I've obviously got to validate that, but I want to raise the perfect crop. I want to raise the perfect plant. And to do that, it's got to be nutritionally balanced. It's got to have the stress off of it and it can never have a bad day. Yeah. Preventing crop stress before it happens is the title of this program. And I think this, uh, this episode, and I really believe that this is where it is. You've talked about fertility we've probably gotten where we, you know, we're, we're probably there on fertility. It uptake, uptake's a biggie. And mm -hmm. I think uptake along with plant stress prevention are the two keys to these mega yields. Am I right? I think that we're there at fertility when we talk about NP and K, yeah. but people just want to push NP and K, especially in corn, they want to push nitrogen. And it's all about these other these other things, these other nutrients that we need to push to achieve the balance to help with the stress. Too much nitrogen can cause disease. Too much nitrogen without enough of too much nitrogen out of balance can cause disease. That's stress. All right. So I want to do a thing when we're going to come back and revisit this topic come like November and say, did it work? Because this right now, here we are spring, you're a fourth planted and you're doing a lot of these things, preventing crop stress before it happens. We're going to see what the season brings you. There might be some adjustments. You Do you think you're still going to be making adjustments? You already mapped out no. what's going to happen. Do you think come August, you're, you're going to be still uh, going back to the toolbox? I believe so. And here, every time I learn one thing, Damien, I learn two things I don't know. So then every time you learn something, yeah. there's always a tweak that you make. Yeah, so we might still be going back to the toolbox come come yes. July, August. And so then we're going to revisit this subject. I'm going to write it in my notes. We're going to revisit this subject after harvest and say, all right, a big objective was pre preventing plant stress before it happens in 2023. What, what amendments did you have to make? What changes? And then uh, what were the results? What did we learn? Yes. We learned. I like it because you know what, here at Extreme Ag, we're all about learning. If you want to learn an up your enough to up your farming game, you probably have already checked out our stuff. We have literally hundreds of videos. I've recorded a couple hundred of these episodes, plus the videos I do on site, things like Farm Progress Show, Ag PhD's Field Day in Baltic, South Dakota, the field days at all these guys' farms. Come out of the classic. We are at these things for a reason, to prevent 
you from having a bad experience and preventing your crops from having a bad day. As Kelly Garrett says, we want to help you up your farming game. Share this with another farmer that can benefit from it. And if you want, if you're just a, if you're just listening to this and you are not a paying member, it's 750 bucks. If you farm 750 acres, that's $1 an acre. You probably farm more than that. You're talking about information you can glean from the webinars, which are for members only, and from having direct access to people like Kelly Garrett for only 750 bucks a year. It's very easy. Just join. You don't have to. We are happy to have you watching and listening. Anyway, share it. Be here. We like it. Also, we have field days coming up this summer. In fact, if you are anywhere near Northwest Iowa, there's going to be a field day at Kelly Garrett's with AgroLiquid, one of our business partners. It's going to be a field day. We're going to be showing you the plots, the land, the labs. And I'm saying it's June 22nd, June 22nd at his farm in Arian, Iowa. So anyway, if you're interested, we'll have more information on our website, extremeag.farm. Till next time, thanks for being here, Kelly. Thank you. And this is Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve with me, your host, Damian Mason. That's a wrap for this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. But there is plenty more available by visiting extremeag.farm. For over 50 years, farmers have turned to the proven lineup of crop inputs offered by Loveland Products. From seed treatments, plant nutrition, adjuvant, and crop protection products, Loveland has the complete lineup to keep your farming operation productive and most importantly, profitable. Check out lovelandproducts.com to learn more.